cowabunga pizza time shell shock turtle time power it's splinters library for issue three or two we're on issue two it's the third recording but it's issue two shiv help me <laughs> we are gaijin alex we're, go- we're we are gaijin. going to be very behind <laughs> <laughs> we're behind the times um but uh, you know, I, uh, I I will say right off the bat, I enjoyed this issue a lot more than issue one. I don't know how you feel about it, uh, but we're we're gonna dig into it. Yeah, I uh, I the, the things I expected from the first issue or from the first volume, I got in this volume and some more. So I, I yeah. felt like the first was just a bit too much, a bit too much plot. But it, it was great. It was very engaging. Oh, this one, man, this one was so good. <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Okay, let's dive right into the summary. Okay, uh, before we actually dive into the summary, I want to talk about what was in the first two pages, and I guess this is going to become commonplace, is they have this little summary, not summary, but um, this little, like, fan letter section called Turtle Tracks. Uh, and, and it was really cute. Did you read this? The, the little turtle track section? Uh, the, the text was so small I didn't really care, but it did remind me of the Nintendo Power things, the fan letters yeah. people used to write, so it was, was kind of yeah, cute. Yeah, no, I, I zoomed in and, and squinted, um, and it had uh-huh. a, it was a message from Peter, Peter Laird, uh, saying that they genuinely didn't think they were going to make an issue too. Uh, and that, like, their big concern was paying off the loan that, like, Kevin Eastman's uncle gave to them to print the first issue. Um, and they were shocked that, you know, they had to make a second and a third printing, right? And then we read the fourth printing, right? I actually, it, it kind of endeared me uh, to, to Eastman and Laird, uh, and, and it's, it's definitely kind of cute in that regard. But, yeah. It reminds me... Oh, was good. I was just gonna add that the whole thing with the uncle helping out—that kind of reminded me of uh, with Cuphead's development. I believe the two creators—they both took out like mortgages for their house or something, or they—they they paid it off. No, mm, yeah, it's something like that. They they used they took the equity out of their house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Gosh. it's like a weirdly like humbling kind of thing. Like, but it shows just how like how much Passionate risk they put they into it. Yeah, that's yeah. the passion. Um, so that, that, that's what's on the Turtles Tracks page, and that, that was really cute. And then they have these, these fan letters. They don't really respond to the fan letters, though, which I thought was odd. Um, they just kind of include the fan letters, saying, like, man, I really enjoyed your comic, blah, 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 blah. The art was really cool, but they don't, like, respond to them like you usually see in these columns. So it was like, oh, that's really cute that they, like, you know, really didn't expect to get this far, but at the same time, they're not, like, they're not super humble uh then uh as we go into like the title page of the comic there is a full art page of Raphael saying kiss your butt goodbye as he jumps at you (laughs) i i I don't know why he's there i don't know why he's angry at me in particular um but there there he is um then uh the comic kicks off and this is uh we we immediately jump into a two-page spread of the turtles uh, kind of dicking around in the, in the sewer with <laughs> Splinter in their little kind of cave apartment. Um, and uh, th- it kind of is the first sign that they all have individualized personalities. Donnie's, like, working on a circuit board. 
Uh, Mikey and Raph are like sparring in one corner. Leonardo's reading a book, which I don't know if that <laughs> super fits my my vision of Leonardo. Uh, yeah. What do you think? The fact that the book is Dune, <laughs> that just broke a laugh out of me. Oh it's my like, god, is it Dune? I didn't even catch Dune that. On the spot, on the binding, I think on the spot. Uh, oh my god, why is he reading Dune? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my god, I, I didn't even catch that. That's amazing. <laughs> good eye, good eye. Um, yeah, had, like, I just weird thought Sans font, like the Comic Sans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's bizarre. I didn't catch that at all. But yeah, it's interesting. I think to look at this page, and I, I want to sit on it just for a second um, because. Uh, to us, right, we see Donatello working on a circuit board, and that's like, oh, well, yeah, that's Donatello, right? But, like, I'm trying to think from the perspective of, like, a kid who's only read issue one and issue two, right? Like, they, they you know, the other versions of the Turtles that we're pulling our comfortability with these characters' personalities, right, don't exist yet. So do you think it would be polarizing i guess to have such a surreal jump from the turtles being rather devoid of personality in issue one to them being um a bit more radical uh in in this issue i think it would be more devoid if we jumped from this to something like what the shows did like the shows right everyone just had all these like different personalities here it's like it's it's not that abrupt of a revelation i guess yeah, it's not yeah. that much of a shift as compared to, like... Cause my, uh, it, from what it looks like, you know, Michelangelo and Raphael are more, like, serious, maybe, or they're just they're just fighting. We, we don't really right. know, but they're not just jumping at us from on page one, like, Calabunga, let's go get some pizza. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I, yeah, that's a fair point. That's a very fair point. Uh, yeah, I just thought it was an interesting note that, that this is, like, a... It definitely is, is the start of a turning point, I think, um, and, and that kind of shows itself further throughout the issue. As uh, Donnie and Raph are making a ruckus, Leonardo tells them to quiet down so that Splinter can hear the TV. Uh, and he, Splinter's just chilling in like a lazy boy watching the TV set, which I thought was funny. Uh, with their antenna TV that's getting reception down in the sewer. Uh, I wonder if that's going to be the, the source of a gag later on. Kind of continues on um, as Raph and Mikey are breaking furniture. Uh, we zoom into the TV uh, and we see Dr. Baxter Stockman. Dr. Baxter Stockman, uh, which throughout the rest of the issue, everyone just calls Baxter, Dr. Baxter, which I thought was interesting. And he's presenting this little tiny robot called the Mauser. Um, and I definitely, did you recognize the Mauser? Because I, I definitely think I've seen it in like other Turtles media, but I don't know if I've ever seen the origin story played out. Uh, in, in its entirety. Well, first, I, I went back to the cover, and I realized the cover of this issue has... Is the uh, Mauser? Yeah. yeah. Reflections, <laughs> that's pretty cool. But the, the Mauser, I've actually seen before. I played one of the GBA games, the TMNT, uh, like TMNT Advance or whatever. Right, and, and that was the that was the 2001-2002 TMNT Turtles, right? This sort of, like, weird... They're a little sillier, but a little edgier, too. They're like an in-betweener. And yeah, and they they tell the same exact backstory, like on the TV in the April working for Doctor Baxter, and then 
Like it, it's yeah, ooh, the same spoiler exact... shift. We're Don't... getting there in a minute. <laughs> Sorry, I won't get too far. I'll, I'll mention more of it later. But yeah, so the, in the GBA game, the mousers are like a small enemy. They're they're pretty really annoying, but yeah, they yeah. can take a lot of health. So when I saw it immediately, it reminded me of the like, oh yeah, I played that GBA game when I was a kid. But I didn't know much about TMNT back then. Yeah, and and it's interesting because I I'm under the impression that there's a lot of people who backlashed the 2000 uh, the 2000s turtles show. Because it was too dissimilar to the 80s cartoon, right? But in that same breath, it sounds like that one is probably more true to the comics. It's a weird kind of um, cyclical nature of this franchise where they have to keep shifting between goofy and edgy. You know, with this starting maybe on the edgier end of that spectrum. Or maybe it's a temperamental in-between. But yeah, I definitely recognize the Mauser. It might th- it might be in like the the arcade game and stuff too. Uh, he's presenting the Mausers, which can I guess smell rats uh, and detect them from great distances. Um, and he has his beautiful assistant April, who I wasn't expecting to see here as a lab assistant. He has April put the rats into a maze, and the Mauser just eats them. Uh, and it's like a bloody mess, too. I was surprised. It's, just, it's rather brutal, this paneling of the mouse just crushing a, a rat in its jaws. Uh, and, and Baxter talks about how this, uh, this invention will, will clean the streets. So this is April. We, we have April here. Um, and it's definitely very different from, I guess, the April I'm the most familiar with, where, where she has the reporter kind of angle, right? So, yeah, I, I feel like that was the... The whole reporter thing was like what they added, maybe with the shows. Yeah. Just here, here at least, is she's just an assistant. And in the Michael Bay films, of course, April is uh, she has a glass of turtles. And that's, that's different. Wait, but... I I haven't seen the Michael Bay film. Oh, okay, are, are are the Ninja Turtles her turtles? They're like her pet turtles. Yeah. Oh, jeez, <laughs> wheeze, Michael Bay. Oh, lordy. And they all recognize Megan Fox. Oh, Megan Fox, we know who you are. And all the turtles oh. are like, we were your pets. <laughs> and she's like, Michelangelo, oh. Raphael. And she says it like in the most Los Angeles accent ever. She's like, oh <laughs> my God, Michelangelo, Leonardo. <laughs> send me send me the clip and I'll, I'll put it into the podcast here. 30 whole minutes since you guys had this argument. Leonardo, you want to make it home before master? We got to hustle. Uh, so yeah, he goes through this whole interview, uh, he's gonna solve the rat problem, uh, then we get this funny looking panel of Splinter, like, staring down a Mauser, uh, and then, uh, Mikey gets sent through the table, and as they kind of spar around, uh, Splinter tells them to knock it off, and they have to clean shit up. Leo asks, uh, Splinter, he says, what are we gonna do about these Mausers? Uh, and Splinter just says, I'm just gonna sleep on it. <laughs> he, he says he's gonna, he's gonna meditate, but he doesn't really do much about it, right? He's just like, I'll meditate on it. And then we, then we do, like, a several week time jump. Like, when he's, when he says, like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go meditate. Like, I don't know, it just reminded me of, like, the Pokemon Alakazam. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a lot of other Some things of the... that involve a meditation and media than Alakazam. <laughs> Also on the panel before, like the way he looks at the mouser, like he looks so like mysterious and like wise. He's like, "Oh, this is this mouser is not good." Like he's just he's probably thinking in his head. 
Well, and I, I guess I guess the joke is that he's a rat, right? So it's like, oh, the Mausers are gonna kill the rodents. I'm a rodent, right? Um, yeah, he looks more like a dog. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He is a rat. <laughs> to me, he looks like a dog, kind of. Um, Master Doggo, funny. Um, Splinter. Yeah, so we we have a multiple week uh, time skip out of nowhere. Uh, and we are told through just dialogue on the page, a, a narrator, I suppose, that there have been uh, bank robberies going around. Um, April is reading it in the paper and immediately accuses Dr. Baxter of, uh, of doing these crimes uh, because well, the holes you... into the banks are, are uh, just the right size for a Mauser. And, and he, like, answers every question in the shadiest method possible. <laughs> well, it, like, like I, I'm obviously jumping a little fast through it. It's a little, it's a little slower than that. But, like, there's more, like, it's in, like, three panels. She begins, ex- like, saying, like, you know, a mouser could have fit through that. Uh... <laughs> uh, then he's, like, he's, like. He keeps denying he's like, the mother computer would know if that happened. And then she's like, she really doesn't want to blame Baxter because she still holds him in some regard, like, pretty high because he's her boss. But she is, like, you know, sus- very suspicious about it. And the, the, right after that, like, when he's like, come on, I have something to show you. I'm like, oh, yeah. no, don't go with him. <laughs> no. It's so funny. I, I was, I, I was like, I, I was stifling my laughter, and then the next page really got me. So, so he, he takes April down an elevator. Uh, it's a dark elevator, and then there's a security scan, and she's like, a security check for what? And then it opens up a window with thousands of Mausers sitting in like, like a, in an army formation, you know, in marching order, and. <laughs> Dr. Baxter immediately launches into his evil villain monologue about how <laughs> it's totally him doing these bank robberies, which he had just denied two pages before, and that he has stolen over $900,000 to build more Mousers. <laughs> she, she asks him why, because he could have made this money legally, and then he says the best thing ever. He says, you're quite right, April. The money is only an incidental, a byproduct. I'm really doing it because it's fun. <laughs> oh, I, I love that kind of villain, you know. Every, every, these days we're trying to have, like, relatable villains who are sympathetic. But this guy's just like, no, I'm evil because it's fun. <laughs> it's so good. I, could, I, I couldn't take it. I, it. It, like, broke me. I was not ready for this. Uh, I love him. He's so good. So he spends the whole comic from this point forward just playing the most like melodramatic, uh, maniacal villain you can you can possibly write in a comic, right? Uh, April's shocked that he's evil. She uh, begins to try to get away, uh, and <laughs> he tells her, "Well, if you don't want to be with you working here, I don't need you. I don't need anyone except my mousers." <laughs> Uh, and he uh, sends her through a trap door that drops her into the sewer. Um, this all gets a little extra and strange. I don't know why he doesn't just kill her there. Yeah. I don't uh, know why it, he just dropped her in a sewer. I, I thought he – I was afraid he was just going to leave her there inside the elevator. <laughs> just trap mm. her there and she would die of, like, exhaustion. Was, her breath – I was like, oh, my God. Like, that would be scary. That would be, that would be interesting, yeah, yeah. 
Um, a little more, a little more dramatic, but yeah, he drops her into the sewer. So, you know, everyone and their dog knows where it's going. Um, she crawls through a pipe. She, she's not being a very strong female protagonist at this point. Uh, she's, she's getting pretty like, oh, my clothes are ruined. It smells. Uh, she crawls through a tunnel, um, and, uh, Baxter continues to maniacally monologue about the delightful irony to slay her by the machines which <laughs> her computer technology made possible uh, and deploys Mausers to attack her. Uh, as everyone would expect, just as she gets cornered by the Mausers, we get a few really cool action panels, actually, of uh, them getting blashed. Uh, and I actually yeah. didn't even note this. But now that I'm I'm seeing it, there's another thrown sigh. That is the third thrown sigh of the <laughs> of the whole run. Uh, Raphael throws a sigh into the eye of one of these <laughs> Mausers. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, what, what do you think? Is this chase sequence effective? I was a little like bored at this point. I was trying to kind of get it through. I wanted more Baxter monologue. <laughs> yeah, it's just so strange because this exact. I thought this was just something they made up for the show, but in the at least in the GBA game, uh, this is the same exact like backstory for April, just less gory. Like she's she gets hunted by the mousers, and then the turtles show up to save her. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, th- I think uh, I think they actually like this is probably some of the great like the best panels drawn in this comic. They're all pretty good, but when she's running well, away, like, there's there's one later I really love. Um, but I I agree that these are pretty. Um, energetic there's a lot of energy in these in these panels you can feel the movement uh yeah uh and in, in, in a way that only like good comic artists can really capture right um right. but yeah I, I really i do like when they have the close-up of the mausers because they are dopey little things but when they like get close to them and they it's almost like the xenomorph they like show like the the like inner mouth and it, it just adds this like terror to it i really like <laughs> that a lot but yeah, so the turtles save her. It's Leo, um, Donnie, and, and Raph. Um, I'm still shocked he threw a sigh again. Why is this a thing? <laughs> Why does he do that? Uh, Michelangelo's just nowhere to be seen. He's just not even there. Uh, and she immediately passes out. Uh, they bring her back to the uh, to the den. Uh, she's, she, she's very quick on the uptake. She, she is not that freaked out altogether, is she? <laughs> she's very quick to accept there are living turtles I, I think she just she probably thinks it's a dream or something and then yeah i don't know maybe she's just relieved to be alive but yeah I'm so, she should be more shocked honestly these yeah. turtle uh, <laughs> weird uh, turtles and cloak and gear and armor yeah yeah so uh we get this very amusing kind of uh page or two uh, I guess for the folks that didn't read issue one, where Splinter kind of speedballs through the names of all the turtles. And he, he even directly tells us, he says, and here's Michelangelo, who was at home. <laughs> Continuity. <laughs> Continuity. Uh, uh, he introduces himself as Splinter. Uh, and we, we get a funny panel that says, it plugs issue one. For the origin story of Splinter the Turtles, see issue one. Uh, and then it's just one hour later. Excelsior. Excelsior, yeah. <laughs> yes. Stan's soapbox in it. Um, uh, and this is, speaking of continuity, a very interesting moment where, uh, April asks, she says, now that you've defeated Shredder, what is your purpose? What, what, what do you do now? And that's cool. they say literally nothing. <laughs> they say, like, <laughs> we don't know. 
<laughs> we haven't figured that out yet. Uh, and I, I did like that a lot, actually. Um, although the total shift between this issue and issue one leaves that a little less believable. Uh, I thought it was pretty, it was pretty fascinating. I almost, I almost kind of uh, am envisioning it that issue one didn't really happen with quotes. That issue one is the like way they told the story to April, maybe. Um, and how the events truly transpired might be a bit more of this this kind of attitude where it's just has a little more irreverence to it and it's a little more goofy. Yeah, how do how do you feel about that idea? Do you think that's that's kind of free balling uh, and uh, head cannoning, or do you think that that might be pretty practical as a way to see it? Yeah, you know, I, I think I think it's pretty practical because, like, honestly, the first comic, like you know, like we said at the beginning, they the creators weren't even sure if they make something afterwards. So I felt it more like a one shot kind of a comic. And then from here on, the I noticed the pacing is a lot slower. They're taking things slow. They're taking things slower. At a more yeah. digestible pace, so maybe, maybe we might just revisit Shredder. I'm pretty sure we're probably gonna visit Shredder again. And they yeah, might, but like, he's dead. Re- you see, this or is the is thing. He? Like, I, well, and that's the comic book thing, right? No one dies, but like, genuinely, like they told us directly, like, oh, Shredder was blown to smithereens by a grenade. I, I don't know how you like bring him back from the dead from from that in particular, right? Um. I, I, I would be cool if they, if they said, like, oh, well, this is just a new member of the Foot Clan who's taken up the Shredder mantle again. And he's, he's like, like Sub-Zero. Have, yeah. you are, right, well, and that was already his backstory, no, right, that it was the brother. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only been a week, Shiv. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if it's, like, a new Foot Clanner who's, like, even more brutal and even more strong, or, or like I was hoping, you know, uh, in my predictions last week, that it's like someone who's like taken the ooze uh, to empower themselves. Um, that that would be cool. Uh, that would be that would be a believable way to bring back Shredder, but we'll see. Um, anyhow, the turtles uh, and and Splinter are then in April, who's there now, uh, are all distracted by the TV uh, in, in a very amusing sequence where Baxter uh, is broadcasting his ransom video. Uh, and his his grand scheme, and he's actually he's cascaded in a shadow, so you can't see who he is. But April immediately recognizes it's Baxter, which I thought was fun. Uh, he's got and, his glasses on; you can see. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you can totally the light, tell. The we we can tell it's him for sure. Uh, but I I thought it was I thought it was clever that like for people who who aren't April, it's probably not as obvious. Um, hmm. uh, to us the audience into april it's it's like clear and she says as much but yeah he uh his whole ransom plan is that he is going to have the mausers eat their way under a building this is the first time we we are told that the mausers can eat through solid objects um and it's not really explained further it's just a thing we have to kind of deal with now <laughs> well before I think April was saying how they could dig through the tunnels. They can make the tunnels. Right, right. right. They can make the tunnels. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I see what you're uh, saying, yeah. They never said they could, like, how powerful they like, they could eat through actual objects. Yeah, so. Yeah, well, and during the initial bank robbery thing, right, it, uh, it, it suggested that, like, maybe something else could have made the holes and then the Mausers could, like, you know, just crawl through it afterwards. But, yeah. This is the first time where they directly tell us the Mausers are eating through things uh, with their flat jaw mouths. 
<laughs> uh, and his his great ransom plan is that uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m. he will dig under one of the World Trade Center towers, which I should not laugh at. Uh, but the it, it's a little yeah. it's a little rough. <laughs> it it is though. I mean. It's a it's an artifact of the time. Uh, yeah. Could could not have known. Well, so you've referenced multiple times in the in the uh, 2000s TV series then that they reuse this entire plot line. It, I assume it's not the World Trade Center in the oh, in those episodes. So that I yeah I don't I only I only remember up to the point where April was with the she gets saved by the turtles and then they I think they stopped Baxter but. I don't know for what. Yeah, I, I can't. <laughs> That's the thing we need, but yeah, I, I can't remember. I'm Tell sure. What, it's but between nothing. between segments, uh, when we when we go to predictions, we'll Google it and then I'll just cut it out. So okay. we'll figure it out, and uh, in, in a hot half minute. But yeah, uh, to make a demonstration, he's just gonna crush uh, an abandoned building today at 3 p.m. <laughs> to show he means business. And there's a reporter like, this terrorist says this building is going to break. I don't believe him. And then it breaks. And then um, it, they they imply that the, the reporter is crushed vaguely. I'm not sure. It's a little unclear. They don't really show the aftermath. Um, oh, no. I, yeah, I think the reporter the is fine. He's just, he's just standing in front of it. He's like standing in front of it and then he like runs off panel. Uh, but we don't, we don't know what happens to that reporter, so I hope he's okay. I'll keep track. I'll see if he comes back later. <laughs> a, a helpless victim. Okay. Uh, April cries. She says, oh, Baxter, no. Uh, and, and I assume Leonardo says, Jonian Splinter, this man is mad. He must be stopped. <laughs> Uh, this is the first time Splinter is called Jonin instead Jolene. of Master. <laughs> Do you think this is going to be a thing? We're just going to keep using random, like, pseudo-samurai and ninja words <laughs> in, think, in random just, places? The creators are just like, oh, look at us. We're going to... I don't know. Maybe I should do some research, but Jonin, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's not the same as Master Splinter. But It, it means, like, high-level ninja. I, yeah, I gave like it a the high... Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I just thought it was amusing uh, that you would say that. I, I mean, Gaiju. on top of the melodramatic, like, this man must be stopped, uh, which I, I always think is really fun. Uh, April is still crying. Uh, again, not the strong <laughs> female protagonist I want. Well, uh, yeah, she's like, I, kind I don't of... know. Why does she care about Baxter? Like, what the hell? I don't know. She I guess she, she worked it with him for years. But, like, I, I would hope she would be a little more uh, go-getting than this. Uh, yeah, she'd Splinter be like, tries... damn Baxter. Damn that Baxter. <laughs> That's what I was expecting. Like, she'd be more, like, rough or something. But I guess, yeah, it's a different kind a of... A little April. more rough and tumble. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, and, and I'm under the impression that there are other strong female characters later in this series. I, I think. Maybe. I hope. Um, but, yeah, for clan, now... Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm vaguely aware there's a character in the Foot Clan. Um, but yeah, she, she is just crying, uh, and the turtles gear up to go, and, uh, she can lead them to Baxter's lair, um, and it is that simple, like, one page they set out, next page they are in his lair, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Baxter is, 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 like, having a ball, he's like, this is great, my, my little mousers are eating shit, uh, and then Leonardo just puts a sword right up to his neck, <laughs> <laughs> 
and it says, your reign of terror has ended, Stockman. Uh, they pin him up to a counter, uh, and now April's being a little tougher. Uh, she She's led them there. Uh, Baxter is surprised to see her alive, uh, and they, they kind of just rough and tumble with him for a second, monologue about how they can try to shut down the system. And I was, I, this this is where I started to get a little lost. So Baxter is able to overwhelm the turtles, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was shocking. He, like, headbutts one of them, and does, which one, he, he like, knees Leonardo in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, I, I know Leonardo in the past. I mean, I, I know maybe, I guess he's the noble one. He can sometimes be gentle, but... What the? <laughs> I can't believe he would let Baxter do that. I mean, he's a ninja. Can't he just like Baxter's just a regular human? I, I don't think Baxter has any like martial not, arts. Not only, not only that, right? Like, but he's like a scrawny scientist dude. Whereas, like, they they've already killed Shredder, who is like a much more severe uh, threat, right? Um, right. So I, I thought that was a tad goofy. Uh, Baxter reaches for a self-destruct switch, uh, and, uh, <laughs> Raphael, like, head smashes him into the console as he pulls it down. Uh, <laughs> Baxter's laughing like a madman. Um, actually, I think it's Mikey that tackles him, I think. Uh, <laughs> and then Mikey yeah. asks, says, he says, Raphael, shut this loony up. And Raphael punches Baxter in the face and knocks him out. Uh, Holy shit! The glasses are broken. Damn. Yeah, yeah, he gets really brutally beaten. It's it's kind of rough. Um, but the self destruct switch is not an explosion. Rather, it's triggering all the Mausers to eat them in this room. Uh, the oh. doors are jammed shut, uh, and they're trying to figure out what in the world to do. That's about the point when you know they're uh, they kind of divide into teams. So Donnie and April are trying to work the computer. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> Raphael finds plastic explosives. Plastic? <laughs> That's what they say, right? They say plastic oh, you're right, explosives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's plastic so weird, explosives. Yeah. Uh, and, and the plan is to plant the plastic explosives in the sewer to blow up the way as the... Mausers come in, which is insane that the turtles are, <laughs> I mean, so, so, you know, I, this is, I'm, I'm all for them, like, X-Menning, right, and dividing to teams, I like that, like, April and Donnie are doing something while the other three are doing something else, but in terms of, like, who should be using plastic explosives, I feel like that's also Donatello's niche, right? Um, maybe not in this universe, maybe all four turtles are, like, a little, like, they're good at everything, <laughs> just some of them are exceptional at particular things, but it was just really weird seeing Michelangelo plant plastic explosives onto a wall. I, yeah, no, I never thought, I guess, I always pictured Donatello developing explosives, but I mostly just pictured him developing tech, like, developing right. ways to protect the crew, but explosives, yeah, he's, I think it was Michelangelo, and he's like, I don't know. Yeah, when it was Raphael, he's like, hey, Leo, I think I've got what you need here. Like, it, it just, that was so cool. <laughs> See, I, got I got what you cool. need here. Are you, are you reading the turtles with, like, a New York mobster kind of accent? Raphael, I, I read some of, like, 
Raphael. Like I read him in a mobster accent. I I haven't really th- thought about how I'm reading it. I think I've been reading all of them with like shitty Batman voices. Like, you know, <laughs> hey, Leo, I think I've got what you need here. Like, that kind of tone, right? <laughs> um, it sounds like Spider-Man from that Fox show. In, like, the oh, it, it does a little. It does, yeah, <laughs> like like the symbiote Spider-Man. Yeah. Shocker! Shocker, yeah. Me? Yeah, a little <laughs> bit like that. I've, I've been using that voice to read all four of them, I think. Uh, so that's that's interesting, though, that you you're hearing more personality out of them than I am. In your comic reading experience, is that is that a thing? Do you feel like it's like you you hear a voice of a character, or is that like us just putting imagination into it because we're we're aware of these characters already from other mediums? It's a little that, but also like I remember I had the same experience when I was uh I was reading Soul Eater like the manga before I watched yeah. the anime, and I pictured Soul having a completely different voice than he does for the English dub. But oh, I just pictured a voice as he was saying the word, the translated words in the whatever his manga. I think I just I just hear heard a voice. Uh, yeah, and yeah. So I, I do that when I read, just picture voices. Or I, I you hear you hear, hear the dialogue. Yeah, yeah. I'm I don't know what the word, visual word is for hearing, like the I, I don't visualize, <laughs> it, but I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You you attach imagery. You you have imagery and you attach a voice to it in your in your monologue. Yeah, I get you. Um, so then we get the, 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 the Mauser's approach, uh, and we get probably my favorite, uh, kind of action sequence of the issue. I mean, there's only two, uh, but probably my favorite, uh, panel, uh, and page, um, is as the Mauser's approach, as the explosions start, we see, like, a wave of the Mausers running at them, and we see Leo, Raph, and Mikey just, like, smashing at them. Um, as the explosives are about to blow, and then they all jump backwards through the explosion. Um, and instead of paneling the explosion, they put a, like, a gray background, and then the words blam laid out (laughs) behind the silhouettes of the turtles, which is, like, very fun comic booking to me, right? Like... Uh, especially in black and white, I bet if they tried to do the actual explosion cloud, it would look, like, hard to see what was happening. Um, it would just look like a cloud, right? So I thought this was, like, a really fun... It, it got me kind of in the in the mindset I think the comic is looking for me to be in, where this is, like, a dramatic but very uh, very stylish and, and fun adventure, right? Yeah, yeah, I, it was. I like that panel a lot. Just the blame. Like it saves on space, and it also creates a bigger impact than if they had used two panels to do it. So, yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, the tech squad are having trouble. Uh, they check in uh, the action squad to say, "What's going on?" And they're like, "It sucks." Uh, the Mausers start to eat through the rubble. Um, as Tech Squad is struggling, they're trying to find their their failsafe option that can disable everything. They you know muse over uh, uh, trying to turn off the like Mausers directly through the computer and all that kind of stuff. Um, we get this really really weird panel of Leonardo uh, with full gritted teeth saying, "Robots make my skin crawl," <laughs> which. <laughs> really really odd um is this gonna be a consistent character trait 
You know what? I thought that was Raphael, but that is Leonardo. Yeah, he's holding. He's the holding the katana. Yeah, right. It looks like what? it sounds like a Raph quote, doesn't it? Uh, robots make my skin crawl. <laughs> I just, it's just weird. It's very weird. Uh, <laughs> it's so scary. Like God, it, it looks, looks like very spooky. It is, it's it's the like Cheshire Cat grin uh, kind of lineup of teeth, but it's it's yeah. all like askewed and like a <laughs> angry face. Um, uh, they decide that the best way to disable it is to turn off the radio. Uh, just kill the power in the whole station because the Mausers are controlled via radio, which is a terrible way to control your army of robots, by the way, because <laughs> you can easily walk in and out of a radio signal, and it's incredibly centralized. Not that I claim to be very technological or, you know, uh, of, of scientific mind, but that seems insane to me. <laughs> but that's I, what Baxter has done. <laughs> maybe if, in case, as I guess as a failsafe, if, in case Baxter's, if he couldn't control his machines, or... Well, know, that's yeah, what that, the mother computer he was referencing is for, The right? mother computer. The mother yeah. computer. Yeah. Um, uh, they they continue convenient. fighting. It's convenient. They continue <laughs> fighting. Um, we get a really interesting panel. I guess the, the Mausers have, like, oil or something in them because we get some, like, blood splashes out of them. Maybe it's like um, Alien where it has, like, the they, the androids have the, the goo in them instead of blood, right? Um mm. But yeah, we see La uh, uh, Leonardo do like an upward slash and trail blood um, from the Mauser. Uh, w one of them gets like their face smashed by uh, by I assume Mikey's nunchaku. Uh, we get a really fun full page of like the door half open behind the turtles. It's actually really cool because it kind of frames the situation when they first go down into that like sewer hallway to stop the Mausers. It looks very like out of nowhere, like they teleport down there. But then when they have this two-page spread, you can, like, see the tech squad working in the back through a doorway as we're, like, inside the crowd of Mausers seeing the turtles fight them off. I thought that was a really fun, really fun piece of art. Do you think <laughs> they, that's how they got into the laboratory? They got in through that area, that hallway? I, I, well, we see them coming through the manhole, right? Uh, they, like, sneak oh. in through, through, like, a floor tile. Uh, but, yeah, this is, like the way to the sewer through a main door. It's a little peculiar, I will admit. The the geography of this secret laboratory is a tad uh, a tad askew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get this this panel also made me laugh. We see April and Donatello like <laughs> sweating. Uh <laughs> It was sweating it's, before, it's, but now it's even more. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, gross-looking, almost. <laughs> like, how much they're sweating. But, like, April, it's, like, it's super gross. She's she's a human, right, with a human face. So you see, like, the sweat, like, getting, like, in her eyes and, and stuff. But then there's also Donatello, and there's sweat droplets on top of his mask. <laughs> which should be absorbing his sweat. Uh, so it's it's a little cartoony. Uh, the turtles have no choice but to fall back. They jump through the door as it's, like, sealing. Uh, and we have this, this is the, probably the most fun, uh, thing that happens in the comic, and it's right at the end. Uh, <laughs> Leonardo shouts, Turtles, die with honor! <laughs> uh, as they shut off all of the lights and all the generator, and we just get three panels of onomatopoeias, 
of like sounds like chitter, smash, church, zhroon. Uh, and like with each panel, uh, there are less and less onomatopoeias. Uh, and then there's a whole black panel of just the word, hey. <laughs> and then we get one last full page art of the turtles in April in like a silhouette. Uh, and, and Leonardo says, I guess it worked. <laughs> and he's smiling all funny. Um, Raphael has like one Mauser skewered on a side. Uh, it's, it's really fun. I really liked this panel. I thought it was like a really fun way to end the comic. Um, and that's straight up where the issue ends. It's quite the cliffhanger. Were you surprised by the cliffhanger? I thought they were going to resolve all this in one issue. I I thought honestly this was going. I, I really didn't know what to expect with the pacing. I thought this would end when they would decide to go find Baxter, but they just kind of they did that all in this comic. But the fight, the very big fight at the end, I, yeah, I did not expect it. I, I really liked the lighting, like the way they drew, like the dark. They made sure it looked dark and the, all the contour and like the shadows, yeah, that reflected off the light. That was pretty cool. Well, and and the um, the the idea of of I mean the comics only in black and white, right? So like, well, what can we do? Okay, let's just make it dark, <laughs> right? Let's turn off the light. Um, so then then they can really play with light in in that kind of unique way. Um, it almost reminds me of um, of course uh, the Batman animated series, right? Done on black paper, uh, drawn with you know light colors on top of it, right? It, it reminded me of that. I wonder if this was sort of done in the same style. Uh, but yeah, that is issue two. Um, let's uh, let's move on to the next segment. So okay, we we did some googling, Shiv. What what did you find? Instead of so there is no building destruction plot. There was no World Trade Center destruction plot from the 2003 show, but I, I didn't look specifically at what we saw. I, I just know that they immediately went to find Baxter after April, after they saved April. They just went to find Baxter. He didn't have some like TV announcement with the World Trade Center. <laughs> Fascinating. Okay, um, I found this interesting fun pat fact on the uh, TMNTpedia. Shoutouts to Fandom.com for buying every Wikipedia ever. I guess. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they say here, when broadcasting his threat to the city, Stockman makes an example of the Rex Tab building. Rex Tab is an anagram of Baxter, making Stockman's target a reference to the headquarters of Marvel Comics superhero team, the Fantastic Four, the Baxter building. I always confuse, yeah. When I hear the word term, the word Baxter, I always confuse that with Fantastic Four. I was just yeah. thinking about that. <laughs> Yeah, isn't that interesting? Um, I, I didn't put that together at all. Well, and then that goes further on top of, you know, what, what we were saying back in issue one, the, the Daredevil parody. Um, uh, this this whole kind of run of <laughs> comics is kind of, uh, it's, it, one of its big purposes, I guess, is to take the mickey out of uh, other, uh, pun intended, out of other comic book <laughs> franchises, particularly Marvel. So isn't that fascinating? <laughs> maybe, maybe some Batman, too. Um uh, right with sort of like the dark paneling that that panel we saw in issue one of Raph on the rooftop. I, I I find it endearing though, right? It makes it feel like it's kind of for us that we can see these little things and and get the joke, right? It, it references a lot of comics that come before, and it also tries to be its own thing. Like it, it's not too indulgent in trying to reference a lot of stuff. It's it does try to be its own thing, and it, 
I do like that whole, like we were comparing the whole ninja thing with Shredder to Sub-Zero, where I was like last time and then even today. But yeah, this came out, this stuff came out before Mortal Kombat, right? Mortal Kombat did uh, emerge in the 90s with the whole ESRB thing. Yeah, yeah, this is a little bit pre-Mortal Kombat, isn't it? Well, and, and Mortal Kombat itself, right, wraps itself up in uh, a slew of martial arts uh, movie and, and TV tropes, right? So oh, yeah. um, I'm sure they're not the first folks to come up with any of it. Um, let's get to wish list, right? So, Shiv, you had three items on your wish list. You asked for beheading slash limbing, uh, a better pace to get to know the turtles, uh, and Shredder's daughter... Uh, who whatever her name is <laughs> so uh you clearly score a better pace because that absolutely has happened we have we have increased yes. the pacing so you are at two points um think about what you would like to replace that uh with uh on your wish list for me i asked for turtle on turtle betrayal ninja versus samurai trope and the villain to use the ooze as a weapon to threaten new york i have gotten none of them still i am sitting at zero points uh so uh, i need to think about what i am replacing because uh, i need to start winning it's not a competition <laughs> but it's, it's a competition shiv what are you replacing your better pace request with i we got some stuff in this comic just in this comic alone we got we we got so much like insight on the turtles i feel like, this, this yeah. is pretty tremendous i want more individuality i think we got a good job with that, you know, Donatello doing the circuits, but I want more stories that are just centered around one turtle. Like, so a rough, a story with just Raphael being the main lead turtle. I want it to be more character centric, but I know that they're trying to set up the world right now. Like April yeah. and Dr. Baxter, and they're probably going to introduce Casey Jones soon. I don't know when, but I, I'm curious about that too. Cause I, I think he might be a cartoon character. Um, oh. I, maybe, but I'm not sure, because I, I agree that he's kind of central to the Turtles um, as a, like a foil, if nothing else, right? Um, to show what like true vigilantism is versus what the Turtles do. So I, I would be curious, too, if we're going to see a Casey Jones. But I, I, like, I like your wish list request, then. So a singular turtle focus, a character issue, right? A bottle episode yeah. about a turtle. I like that idea, too. I want to get um, one of that coming up. Like, if that happens, that'd be, that, I'd be satisfied. That'd be perfect. Yeah. I'm going to wipe out Ninja vs. Samurai. I think that's a dead a dead lead. Um, and here's my request, and I think it's a pretty achievable and simple one. Um, I know, I know I've, I've had a tendency to free ball of kind of wild ones. But I want Splinter to teach a turtle a lesson. Uh, I feel mm. like Splinter has been uh, a spectator to kind of the action going on so far, right? Uh, beyond being their master, we, we really, as the audience, don't know why we should respect him, right? And I, I think uh, a great way for them to do that, and the obvious way for them to do that, is for him to, to teach a turtle a lesson. Um, even if it's just like, uh, you know, a, a page or two of him saying like, Raphael, my son, you must not be so rash. Like, I need him to like, Tell the turtles to do something differently than what they're doing, right? Because so far he's just been saying, you're all really great students. You're all fighting so good, right? Um, I, want, I want him to kind of uh, scold and, you know, um, uh, give, give a bit of wax on, wax off. Do you think that's going to happen? Do you think that's achievable? <laughs> 
I yeah, you know what? I think I think that's coming up. I feel like I do admit though, in like ninety nine or ninety percent of everything I've seen with the TMNT, Splinter always is just like, "Go, my turtles, do this. I will stay here. I'm too old, but you can take my place." But I really right. want to see him like actually fight. You know, like, or do something. Or I well, and and I I had that thought. I said like, I want Splinter to fight. But even if it's not fighting, I, I'm going to put my, my request as just, like, a lesson. I want him to, like, yeah. bestow a knowledge or a moral on one of the turtles. I think that's I think that's fair and interesting. Okay, last segments of the show. Shiv, favorite turtle, has it changed? I put Raph last time, you put Donnie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm switching from Raph to Leo because Leo oh, was hilarious in this issue. Me too. <laughs> are you doing? Are you doing Leo as well? Because he's great in this Leo, issue. Yeah. yeah, he says all of the funny things that made me laugh, even though they weren't meant to be funny. Uh, and his like weird. I, I didn't know he was reading Dune. That's so funny to me. It's so weird. I, I it's it's just great. Yeah. He he always feels like the main turtle. Like he he's the main one. Every it centers around like everything centered around him. I thought. I mean, it's always centered around the turtles, the brothers. Yeah. Leo in particular is always the main. But it, at least right now, uh, Leo's so <laughs> he gets the best lines. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too is they always try to frame Raphael as the badass one, right? But Leo does all the metal stuff in this issue. He puts a sword up to uh, Baxter's neck and says like. Don't move a muscle, bucko. <laughs> like, he, he's just off the wall, uh, and that's awesome. I love it. Okay, so we're, we're both switching to Leo. We're both, we're both standing for Leo. Uh, score for this issue out of 10. I'm going to probably start putting it in a spreadsheet so we can track which issue is, like, number one in our rankings. I'd be very curious on how that works. But what are you going to give this issue out of 10, Shiv? Yeah, you know, I always I felt last issue was pretty strong. I, I think this is a little stronger too. Like, I, I'm happy we haven't so far read anything bad. Like at least I haven't read anything that I would consider like bad or unengaging. I, I would say this is like a like an eight point seven, eight point six. Wow, that's I mean that is a big that's upgrade high. from last issue though. Last issue you gave a seven point five, so that's yeah, that is a big bump. Um, I mean I definitely enjoyed it more. Um, man, I don't know if I enjoyed it eight point seven much though. Uh, I, and I was the one saying like I really like this issue. Uh, <laughs> I would I would give it probably an eight. I think I'm gonna hold an eight. I'm probably gonna be the harder one to appease most of the time, but I I, I really enjoyed this issue. Um, I just don't think I don't think I was eight point seven. That's like that's like real good quality. Um, I think there were still a few things here that were just a little a little too silly or a little too whiplashy tonally. Uh, but I could totally feel them finding their footing. Um, and I, I really look forward to the resolution of this story arc, right? Because we have a cliffhanger here, um, and and where things go. I guess my expectations are always pretty low when I read a Turtles comic, but lately I've I've just been impressed with like the art and just the all all two times you've read a Turtles comic, <laughs> two times. <laughs> maybe maybe it is a little too. I, I wonder if if I read more, I might like change my mind about the earlier issues. Like that might that's happened with me before with like manga. Like I, I yeah. read the beginning, the hook the hook ones and then i get really into invested in the like 20 volume some manga and then i go back to the beginning and i think about did i really enjoy it that much and right right now it's great i'm having a blast yeah no for sure um okay and uh Raphael has thrown three sighs throughout this entire comic let's see how <laughs> many more he throws i'm sure he will 
Uh, and I will also make a note about our hapless reporter. I hope he's okay. Yeah. Is the reporter okay? I'm writing that in my notes. <laughs> I hope he's okay. If we haven't if we haven't heard from him in like five issues, we'll we'll hold a funeral in this podcast. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, next up is issue three for March 1985, uh, labeled "The Great Chase." I'm really looking forward to it. I, I hope you are too, Shiv, and I hope the audience is as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you have any questions or concerns about our podcast, please forward them to splinterslibrarynoapostrophe at gmail.com. Send your turtles, uh, your interests, your inquiries. Uh, tell us what you think of the issue if you're reading along with us. I'd love that. Um, anything of that sort, uh, we'd love to hear it and interact with you. We'll maybe, maybe we'll even read some of the emails out on the show, that kind of thing. Um, and like I said previously, we're, we're recording a little bit ahead, so don't be miffed if it's been like two weeks and we haven't gotten to you yet. Uh, Shiv, say the funny catch and line that's really funny and always, always <laughs> well thought out and works and doesn't require any time to vamp by me. Okay. Okay, I'll, uh... Hmm. What <laughs> is funny? Ugh. I like you. I literally vamped. I literally like took the time to give you space to find one. Time. Time is inconsequential, Alex. Time is is never ending. <laughs> but why am I talking about time? Because we are almost out of time. That and. Uh, it's also fun. <laughs> Gaijin make my skin crawl. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just remembering the Baxter panel where he's just like going off on his rant. Was that was that Why was that a Baxter monologue? Why? I had no idea what you were doing. I was so confused. Yeah, I was so I, confused. I no okay, bye everybody. See you next week. <laughs> Hopefully, I will. <laughs> we're professionals.